passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Episode 14 of Cruel Summer, our retrospective look at each and every G1 Climax Tournament Finals from 1991 to 2018. And we are looking at the year 2004, and uh, we're going to look at the, the finals of that year. Hiroyoshi Tenzan versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. I hope not to get tongue-tied saying their first names during this episode. But uh, I'm very excited uh, with my co-host today. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, I've met through... Our, our mutual fandom of pro wrestling, including especially Japanese wrestling. He's visited Japan many times. I've had the fortune of, of being able to meet him uh, most of those visits. Uh, he's a He's been a frequent guest on such podcasts as the Dr. Keith Presents Show over at Wrestling Observer site. He's been on the Pro Res Paradise with Alan Farrell at the, at the uh, Pro Wrestling Torch site. He's also been a guest on Wrestling Omakaze with John Carroll at VoicesOfWrestling.com. And this maybe is his first appearance here at postwrestling.com with me uh his name is joey bay joey how are you i'm good and just to confirm yes this is my first time on post wrestling <laughs> i'm happy to be here <laughs> welcome from from myself from from john pollock and and waiting we're we're very happy to have you as a as a guest host here at cruel summer and uh before we get started so you've been a, a podcast guest on other podcasts but I want to ask you, so for the listeners to to get to know you and like your background as a fan, uh, specifically of Japanese pro wrestling. I'm, I'm sorry, my my cat was. Uh, can, can you? Uh, <laughs> oh, where, what's the origin? No what problem. Start. You have a lot of cats in your house, as I as I uh, see on your social media. But your yes, what's the origin of like your fandom for Japanese pro wrestling? <laughs> Okay, uh, thank you for uh, for repeating your question. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, so I've been a wrestling fan for, I mean, as long as I can remember. Uh, I would have to say my first like foray into like like diving in was I think like Final Battle Ring of Honor Final Battle two thousand three. It had. Uh, 
uh, Muna on the card and uh, Honma and who was his tag team partner? Honma and, oh, and somebody else. Re- Miyamoto. Miyamoto, yes. Uh, t- uh, wrestled <laughs> the Second City Saints. Uh, Tamuric Storm was the name of their tag team. Yes. Um, and that was like my first like, oh, I need to like know more about these guys and and uh, and watch more Japanese wrestling because before that it was it was basically just uh, I mean I was a kid watching Nitro like seven years old like I didn't know too much but I'd see Liger on and and various other Japanese wrestlers on on WCW and WWF but uh, um, like going deep dive in uh, I was probably yeah Final Battle two thousand three and then. Uh, going on to LimeWire and BearShare and trying to find like various just random Noah and all Japan matches and new Japan, obviously. Um, and yeah, just that kind of like opened the floodgates to, to uh, making friends uh, through wrestling and, and watching all the, all the goodness that happens over in Japanese uh, wrestling land. <laughs> so where would you say your like uh, fandom for new Japan specifically would start? Oh, well, I'd say um, my primary focus once those floodgates did open was uh, it, it kind of like pivoted towards Noah. That was like the hot promotion at the time. Um, I'd say uh, I started ordering like New Japan DVDs, trying to brush up on, on their style and all their wrestlers probably in 2007, 2008. But then I went full bore, like just diehard New Japan fan, uh, probably in 2010, 2011, right before um, like the Ustream era, I guess is what everybody calls it. (laughs) So just before Okada becomes the champion and we riding the wave of his his stardom and his success in the company then. Correct. Yeah. So like then it's like Naito and Nakamura and Makabe and Tanahashi still at the top of the card. Yes. Okay. Yep. So, and then to to this day, like we're, I think everyone's kind of writing from the the Ustream Okada like era beginning into like where where we are right now in 2019. So that's that's you, you've been a pretty long time fan of the of the company. Like my, of course, mine goes a, a little bit longer. Like I, I started in nineteen in two thousand no nineteen ninety nine. I'd say around okay. there, and then. I, I come to Japan for my first foray living here in Osaka and then I go back to Canada and then I dive deep into like full bore, full bore like tape trading and like I'm I'm following everything from NOAA to New Japan to All Japan. NOAA and so my three big companies in to, from 2001 onwards would have been uh, NOAA because I think yeah. they were the best company for my taste and Dragon Gate which I loved at that time. And this is like the start of like Dragon Gate, like when they switch over from being Toriyaman to Dragon mm-hmm. Gate. And my favorite faction of all time in Dragon Gate is Blood Generation. So like that's that's that period of time. Um, we and then like All Japan because like no like uh, Muto's taken over and he's, he's yeah. kind of like bringing it back up his and renaissance. His yeah. renaissance, which uh, if yeah. you listen to episode eleven, I go into full detail about uh, the Muto Renaissance of 2001 before I talk about the G1 match he had with Nagata. Uh, and then New Japan to a lesser extent because this is like the dark days in my opinion. A lot of people, there's yeah. a group of people who like it and that's cool if you like yeah. that era. That's, that's fine. I have nothing against if you like that period. Just for my taste, it wasn't 
really set my world on fire with, you know, Bob Sapp and Brock Lesnar and fucking Tadao Yasuda, the champions of, of the company. No, thank you. Uh, but this is like, and then, but we see the end of the dark days with the rise of like Tanahashi. And oddly enough, that's who we're going to talk about is Hiroshi Tanahashi in, in this particular match. So Joey, let's dive deep into the G1 Climax. Let's talk about some background first. The 2004 G1 Climax was a two block. 16-man round-robin tournament held from August 7th to August 15th. And I say this to everyone uh, about this time period. is like, this is a far cry from what we would see to today of like a near five-week long tournament. This is only yeah. about a week, you know? Yeah, so I, I was it uh, 2013 when, or 2013 or 2014 when they they split up the blocks on individual shows um but up to that point it was like just basically like 10 straight days maybe like a couple days off within the week but like they knock out the whole g1 climax tournament like just yeah, like so, real quick <laughs> so this so the, it starts in the city of sagamihara uh, and then moves to osaka then moves to kobe then moves to nagoya and kanazawa so this is like at least this is like half the size of a regular tour and half yeah. the number of cities that we're looking at. And before settling in for the last three days in Tokyo at, at Sumo Hall, which is like would be the formula for up until last year, where you have the last three days in Sumo Hall. But like it would, you know, they stop in Tokyo for like Korokin. They, yeah, that, that's a recent uh, addition to the tour is like like two three days in Korokin, which is just like the the hottest, usually the hottest part of the the tournament is before the finals is like the the stops in Korokin and the, and the stop in. In, in the stops in Osaka are like the, the the ones where the most significant and the best matches are usually reserved for. But this is only the one, two, three, four, five, six, six cities, which is which is crazy to think about considering how successful and how much money they make off the G one tour in general. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it's their cash cow at this point. This and the the Tokyo Dome that now that it's uh selling out. But yeah, I it, it's crazy that they they did it this way for, for so long. And then I, I don't know. I, part of me kind of misses the, just like the, the boom, 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 kind of like show, like every show has, is a, like a full show of block a and block B matches kind of like the, um, I don't know when this will come out, but, uh, last week we had the, the three straight days in the best of super juniors at Cork and, and they were block a block B and I loved it. Like all those shows flowed so well, you didn't have the undercard, like meaningless tags or anything like that. Um, not to say I, I watched the whole 2004 G1 tournament to prep for this, but um, yeah, it's just, it's more palatable, <laughs> but um, you got to make some money, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I do like, like with like the G1 or the best of the super juniors. I, I like the full tournament shows. I, I wish they would do that in, in the champions carnival actually as well. Um, from a live perspective, I think it would make those shows go so much faster. Um, oh, from, yeah. from a, from a watching at home point of view, I don't mind having to watch, like, I, I don't watch usually because of my work schedule. I don't watch the best of the super juniors or the G1 live. I, I'll watch, I'll wait till they're done. Then I'll go back. I get, and I'll just skip the undercard unless I see something on Twitter or something that says like this tag match is really good. I'll watch it. But other than that, yeah. I will just go straight to the tournament Five matches is a lot easier to digest time-wise than, than ten matches. But, For sure. But as of this recording, we're like almost at the end of the best of the Super Juniors. So like those three days in in Cork and 
like just completely you know tournament shows no no undercard filler were great i'm gonna say the the fourth all all tournament show in makahari was not as good but, but that's because it's not korokin korokin is a magical place as you well know because you've been there a couple of times yeah yes so, <laughs> so let's let, so let's talk about the participants and i you know i i look at this these two blocks and they're just stacked with established veterans and the future stars of this company so in a block we have katsuyori shibata uh genichiro tenru shizuke nakamura masahiro chono minoru suzuki yuji nagata Blue Wolf, whatever the Blue Wolf, Joey. Like I, I love this guy. He's from Mongolia. He was a really good prospect for them. I'm so sad he left wrestling. And one of your favorites, Yutaka Yoshie. Yutaka Yoshie. Yeah. Alan, Alan Forel's uh, avatar picture. <laughs> I always wonder when he's going to change that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know. I hope he never does. <laughs> I, I kind of hope so too. But at the same time, like Alan, you, you need to freshen up that avatar, my friend. But uh, maybe it's something I will discuss with him. <laughs> When I see him in person. Uh, in B-Block, we have Hiroshi Tanahashi, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, the 2003 winner, uh, Kensuke Sasaki, uh, Koji Kanemoto, who's representing the juniors, uh, Manabu Nakanishi, Osama Nishimura, Togi Makabe, and Yoshihiro Takayama. And some people will be wondering, like, okay, Tanahashi and Tenzan are in the same block. How do they face each other in yes. the finals? I was hoping you'd get... I was hoping you'd get into this because I, I did a little research looking back into the format of this tournament. And it looks like um, I, I don't want to cut you off too nope. too much. But uh, the final night, um, I remember them doing this type of thing with uh, the best of the Super Juniors back in like the early 2010s. Uh, but that's as far as my recollection of this type of breakdown of like the, the block leaders. Um going off into this but i'll, I'll let you explain <laughs> oh, okay so we're basically yeah. we have a semi-final format before we reach the final so uh in each semi-final match we have the top four point getters of each block so uh facing each other so uh a1 block a1 which would be the person with the most points would face b2 which is the person okay with the least number of points uh with the second highest number of points in b block B1, the top point getter in B block, would face A2, the second top person to get points in A block. So you can conceivably have, you know, like the A and B block winners facing each other. You can have the two A block winners facing each other, two people yep. from B block facing each other, which is what happened in this year. Um, before mm-hmm. I get to their past, like, you know, we're, we're talking about Hiroshi Tanahashi. This is not 2019 Hiroshi Tanahashi. This is 2004 Tanahashi and uh, Joey, I want to ask you: Do you know how old Tanahashi is in two thousand and four? Uh, I f- from watching the match, I remember the commentator saying "Niju Nanasai," which translates to twenty-seven. Is that right? You're correct. Niju Nanasai. He is twenty-seven years old. It's awesome. amazing because he's what forty-two now. Yeah, and it's. It's kind of like you just see this ver- this version of, of Tanahashi and you contrast it with what he looks like now and like the way he wrestles now versus the way you can see like the foundation of what he would become like in 2004. Definitely. It's, 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 it's following his career has been like one of my great pleasures as a wrestling fan because I remember when he debuted. I remember when he was wearing his shorts. You know, I remember when he was yeah. with Kenzo Suzuki. I remember when he was tag team champions with Yutaka Yoshie to what he is now, the legend. He's 
the fucking guy in New Japan. He has been. Even with Okada there, he's still the fucking guy in New yeah. Japan. Well, well, you you broke in. You you were uh, to, to call back to our uh, our uh, entries into Japanese pro wrestling. You said you started watching in 1999, which is his debut year, if I'm not mistaking um so you've you've been here for the the entire ride <laughs> yeah well, i mean i can't remember him like being a young lion necessarily because like it's not something i i paid too close attention to like too much attention yeah yeah like you know i can remember i can remember shibata being young lion because he's shibata's always captured my attention as a fan uh-huh. uh like tanahashi i vaguely remember when he was wearing black tights and black boots but he quickly moved to like more colorful gear because like they, at even at early early stage, even though you had Nakamura, they knew, yeah. they knew like this this guy and Nakamura are, are two guys along with Shibata and some other guys are gonna be like the the tier underneath them. But uh, you know like it, it's 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 kind of amazing to watch him from twenty seven years old to to forty two. It's it's For, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's really great. Um, Tenzan, how old is uh, our good friend Tenzan here? Oh, uh, I don't, I don't remember them saying his age. I, I want to guess at this point, was he, I'll just throw 38 out there. Uh, close. Is that he's, close? He's 33 at this point. So 33. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's younger than I thought. Yeah. He's, his generation is not that much older than like the, the generation that would come after his, which would be like Shinsuke and Tanahashi <laughs> and, and, um, sorry, uh, uh Shibata. So like. You got yeah. Nagata, Tenzan, Nakanishi, and Kojima as the you know the third generation as Nagata likes to advertise them as, and then the fourth generation I guess you you would say is like Tanahashi Nakamura led generation. Uh, there's not that sure. not as huge a difference between like say them, but then between like say Chono Mudo and Hashimoto and 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 then Nagata and company. But um, uh-huh. yeah, Tenzan's thirty-three. Let's let's take a look at their their pass to the final. So Tanahashi in his uh, in the Ron Robin part, he would beat Koji Kanemoto, uh, Makabe, uh, Nakanishi, Nishimura, and Kensuke Sasaki. So he he got the huge push in this in this tournament. Uh, he would Ex- except he, yes. Sorry. <laughs> uh, um, go ahead. I, I yeah, he uh, his his only. Uh, his only loss in the tournament in the round robin portion was against the man he uh, met in the finals, actually, yeah. which is, is poetic justice. It's, it's <laughs> Not Tenzan. to get ahead of ourselves. No, but yeah, yes. I was, I was going to mention that. Like he, he he lost his lone losses to Tenzan, which I think is part of a larger storyline that between these two uh, these two guys, uh, Tenzan's path, uh, he would beat uh, Koji Kanemoto, Makabe. Nakanishi and Tanahashi, and he would uh, suffer a lone loss to Osama Nishimura, and he would draw with Kensuke. So, in the tournament portion, the league portion of the tournament, I, you, you could really see that Tanahashi got these really big wins over all mm-hmm. everyone else except for Tenzan, which I think that the idea was Tenzan was going to be like his the jumbo Sarada to Tanahashi's uh, Masawa. He's going to be yeah. he's going to be the Choshu Fujinami to like. You know Tanahashi's Keiji Mudo, you know, so which is smart. I think that was that's that's traditional smart booking. I, I like gatekeeping in, as far as like wrestlers, older wrestlers keeping like the the younger stars, up and coming stars from reaching the, the pinnacle just yet. Make them wait, make the fans wait, and then when it finally happens, it's magic. You, you've made the person; they're gonna be 
a draw. They're going to make you a lot of money. They're going to draw more fans into the company. So I, I like this kind of booking. So this was a really well-booked tournament for both men, I felt. Um, so in the semifinals, Tenzan would meet uh, Shibata. He would beat him, of course. And then Tanahashi would beat Tenru in the semifinals. I can't remember that match. I, I got to go back and find that and, and watch Ta- young Tanahashi fighting grumpy old Tenru in this in the semifinals. Have you seen this I've, match? I've, uh, yes, I actually watched uh, the entire final show minus the semi-main event uh, over the last couple of days. I I have the the, the full show if uh, if you're if you're looking to to watch it. So <laughs> it was a very entertaining show. As you, I'm sure you have like the uh, the card in front of you and the the match times. Um, all of the uh, the bracketed uh, final night tournament matches are all like short and sweet and just like they get to the point really quick and it's uh it's a really digestible it's it's a it's a really fun show plus you get nakajima on a in a throwaway tag with like tiger mask and uh who else is in that uh masahiro kakihara they get in there and they just like slap and kick the hell out of each other and oh i'll summarize uh kakihara's uh uh tag partner (laughs) but yeah this this show's awesome (laughs) no i gotta i gotta watch that uh for sure uh i have not seen that whole show but i think one of the reasons why is that they need to get people out of that building before they die of dehydration that's just my guess <laughs> uh so let's move on to the actual match so we we get to the ring introductions and you see tenzon has started to grow has started to grow back his sweet frosted mullet joey it, it was missing in 2003 because he, yeah, he, he, he went he went on his excursion to canada he came back with the Anaconda Buster, came back with the Anaconda Vice, he came back with these swanky new red tights, and he came back with a haircut. I I cannot tell you how shocked I was when he came back with this buzz cut. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I have the tense on. Who is this, like, fat dad? Who's this, like, uh, you know, buzz cutted? fat dude instead of tenzo you know but, but he, he he was he became a better wrestler thanks to the haircut thanks to getting all that weight in canada he must have ate a lot of pancakes with maple syrup i think yeah and i guess you can't really rest on your laurels of having uh uh a, a wacky like highlighter mullet type of deal going on and uh uh, you kind of have to become a, a more uh, polished wrestler. So, but, but for those of you who love the frosted mullet, hey, it's it, it came back in two thousand four. Yeah, and, and it's it's not f- the full mullet, but it, it's pretty prominent here. Uh, you you can see uh, Nishimura and Nagata, people of Tenzan's generation, in his corner supporting him. And then we move over to the introduction of Hiroshi Tanahashi, who looks so young, as we we've, we've been talking about earlier in this show, like twenty seven years old, just. Fresh face, still a baby, really in the in 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 terms of pro wrestling years. Um, he's still a young guy in this company. He's 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 gaining popularity, but he's not at Tenzan level yet. He's he's gaining popularity mainly because he 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 came back from the stabbing of his ex from his ex girlfriend, which was a big story like about two years earlier. Also, that that okay. So that was I always wondered what the timeline was with uh, with that whole story. <laughs> that was so it happened two thousand two two thousand three. Yeah, 2002. I'm pretty sure it was 2002, and then okay. he he gets a lot of publicity, and like he comes back from this life threatening injury, like a stab wound to his heart, uh, nearly. But but the whole thing was like the doctor said, like it's good thing he's got a lot of muscle around his pecs because that saved his life. 
So for those of you wondering, should I should I work on my do my chest workout? It will save your life if you have a crazy ex. Okay, there you go. Uh, so, but but Tenzan's a big hero because in the year before he had the amazing G1 final with Akiyama. He vanquished that mm-hmm. dirty invader from Noah, and he's kind of been he's kind of the the flag bearer of 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 strong style because this is. Also creeping in of Enochism, you know, into into the company, which, you know, you have your fans of that, but you also have your traditional strong style pro wrestling fans who don't want to see MMA influenced, you know, wrestlers, MMA influenced booking coming into the company. So he's representing that, but also he's representing this generation that a lot of fans have finally latched onto with him and Kojima and Nagata and Nishimura and, and underneath him like Makabe to a degree. So it no, actually Makabe, sorry, is part of Tanahashi's generation. But you know, it's it's still he's still the big guy in in, in New Japan with the fans. Uh, then we get and here's a little trivia note. Two thousand and four is the first ever appearance of Red Shoes Uno in the uh, the finals of the G one climax as a referee. Interesting. So I noticed he was the ref. I didn't know it was his, his, his uh, first one in the main event of the T1 Finals. Yes, That's... so he comes in, I think his last one is 2000, uh, I'm going to say 2002, is the last time we see Tiger Hattori, because then he leaves with Riki Choshu to, to, to start uh, Real Japan, I think, uh-huh. with Kensuke, and this is where Nakajima debuts uh, in that company. And then we have... Uh, a referee, I forget his name. We talk, me and JoJo talk about it in 2003 episode. Because that's this this referee, uh, I forget his name, is his sister's appearance. But then this is 2004 is when they, I guess, at this, some point they finally hired Red Shoes to become a referee in New Japan after he's worked with, I think he was with, with Tenru in war. He was a referee there. Okay. I think. Don't quote me on that. But I know he has association with, with Tenru and Choshu and he came, but he comes into the New Japan through one of those two guys. Um, let's see, where am I here? Okay, uh, Tana has shorter hair at this point. He's wearing more kind of sedate gear. It's just like kind of a simple pattern, black and white. Um, this is a generational battle of sorts, similar to when you know in '99 when Nakanishi fought Keiji Mudo. Uh, and so, like, you have this kind of backstory to the whole thing. They they met earlier in the tournament, obviously as well. Uh, so let's get to the match. Tenzon takes control at first with strikes. There's a strikes exchange, but uh, Tenzon is able to like again take control with his Mongolian chops, and then he sends Tana to the outside with a big clothesline. Uh, I, I I didn't feel it was there's like that much excitement going on per se at the beginning of this match, Joey. Yeah, no, I uh, well. Uh, Tenzon clotheslines Tanahashi out of the uh, of the ring, and uh, I was for whatever reason I would never expect this from Tenzon in any other situation. But given it being 15 years ago, um, I was expecting him to do like a plancha here. Um, I don't believe he ends up hitting anything, but uh, they they end up fighting on the outside. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yes. So the, the the early part of the story is like like Tana's outclassed by his senpai, his senior mm-hmm. in this match. Uh, but you know Tana is able to rally back. He does it with a crossbody and a flying forearm. Uh, he then hits his uh, crushing elbow and rolling senton moves. He he still uses in 2019. Uh, Tenzan and Tana 
uh, jockey for position on the top rope, but Tana is able to hit a second rope superplex. And I, I gotta say, you know, like Tenzan is probably at this, you know, at the start of his like decline, like his body yeah. is getting destroyed by by the schedule that he's facing in the early 2000s and that we would see the a- the aftermath now, you know, in the, for the last, I'd say four years, we see the aftermath of this really hard style that he's working in the company in, in 2004. Yeah. Um, it's still compared to today. <laughs> he was moving pretty well. He's moving pretty well. Yeah. His ankle is okay at this point, you know? Yeah. He doesn't yeah. have the, the, He's not walking on the sides of his feet no, everywhere he goes, I, and his I, knees aren't locked. <laughs> I I get so uncomfortable watching him these days. But um, t- Tenzan knows <laughs> a superplex, <laughs> and he hits a big lariat on t- on Tanahashi. Uh, then Tenzan goes for his top rope diving headbutt, goes for a cover, two count. He covers him again, two count. So uh, at this point, there's no annoying fans doing two. You know? Yeah. I hate that bullshit. By the way. If you do that, if you do that, you're listening to this, that's fine. Don't ever bring that to Japan. If I see you doing that in Japan, I will I will come over there to where you're sitting and just say, Hey, please stop that. I'm not gonna hit you or anything. I was gonna I was gonna go there, but I was just say, Hey, it's not don't do that here. It's not cool. Urusai. <laughs> Urusai I'm like I'm like Nanai Takahashi t- talking to uh, that get that guy that, that one guy, guy yeah. one guy from Golden Week. Anyways, uh, uh, Tanahashi catches a Mongolian chop attempt uh, and then he reverses it into a roll up two count there. So I, I feel really early in the match, like about you know like a lot earlier than I would imagine. Like they're they're going for like their their crescendo, like we're they're going for two counts on each other. It, yeah, it's, it's kind of a little it's a little surprising to me because I'm I'm used to seeing the the year before, in 2003, where him and Akiyama are doing basically a King's Road-style match where it's just this slow, slow build, 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 build. And then, like, boom, like, you're hitting all these moves. But that's, like, like a lot later in the match than compared to the match with Tanahashi and Tenzo. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're cashing out pretty quickly. And uh, just a side note, I, I mean, it is, it is uh, worth noting that both of these guys had previously wrestled like within the last hour uh, uh, but prior to this this match taking place and um uh Tanahashi actually beat uh Tenryu with a small package so him running like and and going for that uh rather quickly um i for memory uh my memory of the match um kind of like i i, I feel like the the crowd popped for for that and then also um Tenzan uh keeps going for the Anaconda Vice obviously that's his go-to move um he finished Nakamura and Shibata with that move prior so them going for all these these flash pins and then Tenzan going back for the uh the Anaconda Vice kind of goes into that longer arc story of that show um and they're just trying to like go for it all you know yeah, um, and I, 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 I thought that was pretty interesting and back to your original point about the, the formatting like i think one of the benefits of like this idea of having semi-finals is that you can create more drama in the final because like nowadays that's the only g1 the final is the only g1 match on on the last day so you know yeah block a guy has a day to rest and then the block b they obviously go then the night 
prior to the G1 final. So they, they've got a day of rest and there's really no drama when it comes to that. These dudes came out like tired, sweaty, sore already going into the final, which is an added element of drama, which is, is pretty cool. I, I enjoyed it. And, and the idea that you, you know, it's going to go at least 30 minutes. No. Right, right, yeah. This right. was almost a. This was like right around twenty minutes. Yeah, you you get like you know like these two like you know fifteen twenty minute matches already for, to determine the finals. So the fans have already gotten like their fair share of like a hot hot matches related to the tournament. So like the the finals are like okay, this is like the the the, the bookmark. I not the bookmark, like kind of like the exclamation point on the, yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. night. So it doesn't have to be super long. You know, like, that I think that's one of the benefits. Like I know like. You know, last year you you and I were both at Budokan for Tanahashi Ibushi. Like I I knew going in, it's not going to be less than tw- it's not going to go less than twenty minutes. It's going to go twenty minutes yeah. plus this match. So you know, like I, everything they do in the the first ten minutes, I I am enjoying. But at no point do I believe that they're going to finish the match at that point. You know, so the, the the thing about this is like Tanahashi's going for these slash pins early on. Like you're saying he beat Tenru with that. So like it's conditioned into the minds of the fans that it's, oh, he, right. he could beat he could beat Tenzong with this in like 10 minutes because like we've already seen like 40 plus minutes of G1 action already so what's if we get 10 minute match it wouldn't be ha- make them happy but they would it would pop them I think the finish of something like yeah. that yeah yeah I, I don't think if I were a fan in the crowd that night um, and even if the match only went like sub 20 minutes I don't feel like I would have like felt gypped or like I didn't get my money's worth because you get in the opener. I mean, like they, it's like a bunch of tournament matches in the, on the show. Like you get Chono and Nakamura, which leads to Nakamura and Tenzan, which leads to Tenzan Shibata. And then you have, uh, Tenru and Kensuke Sasaki going at it, which was a pretty awesome match as well. And which leads to Tenru and Tanahashi, which leads to the final, like, these these fans got their money's worth. <laughs> exactly. So you can see if it was a ten minute final, they, people might be like, "Yeah, okay." And also, they probably want to get out of that building. <laughs> Let's be honest. They're right. So, and I think not to get ahead of ourselves or to to look forward to two thousand five, but uh, <laughs> I think the final of that that tournament is like a sub ten minute match because uh, some people praise him. Some people hate him. Uh, Kaz Fujita's in that one. So <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> all that, of his matches that, are pretty short. <laughs> that, dude's, that dude's not working more than 15 minutes. Like definitely, yeah. you know, uh, back to our, our match here. Uh, T- Tenzan is thrown outside and then Tanahashi hits him with a tope. Uh, they, he gets, they go back in the ring, both of them. And Tanahashi hits him in the back with a missile drop kick and then hits a two and hits two rolling Germans for a thunderous two count. Um, I would I would like to see Tanahashi bring back the Rolling Germans. I think it's a it's a great move. Uh, Tanahashi locks on the Dragon Sleeper, and I made a note here: way better than that bullshit Sonata does with his uh, <laughs> skull end. Like this thing's tight. This thing like there's no what, what's the term like light peeking through. Like this thing's locked on tight, and like yeah. Whereas like Sonata's got the it's so loose. Like I and I love Sonata. I really do, but. Man, that that finisher of his is like weak looking, but not Tanahashi. He's a master of it. Well, it, us, uh, me, you, and uh, Matt McEwen, who I believe uh, either has done a show with you uh, 
on this series or we'll be doing a show with you soon. Um, have that talk about uh, Sonata's skull in pretty often. And, and I, I feel like it was, a, it was a big talking point on our last trip about how um, he practices uh, jujitsu and he thinks it's supposed to be interpreted as like a neck crank because um, he's applying the, the pressure on the forehead and kind of squeezing the neck back rather than uh, a dragon sleeper being like a, a chokehold. So I don't know the validity of that argument, but I like to just go along with it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I, yeah. I, I, I do forgive it, but like, like, cause I like Sonata. So I agree much. with you. I, I agree with you, but it looks like shit. It looks like, a <laughs> yeah, shit, yeah. but like he should tighten that up. Anyways, uh, at this point, uh, he, he, uh, Tana doesn't try to go for the submission. He tries to wear down, uh, Tenzan to go for a two count. Um, crowd is, electric at this point they're really really into yeah. this match uh you can really actually one thing i want to note is like this from for, i've reviewed like you know 13 of these so far um this is the first finals where i can really hear the women in the in the crowd like cheering like calling out for tanahashi it sounds like Tanahashi. I could be mistaken. My hearing's not the greatest, but this is, you know, like where you, like, if you watch a Noah show, you hear the high pitched Japanese women calling out for like Kenta or Mark. Oh, Uchi. yeah, yeah. You start hearing this. this is the first G1 final where I noticeably hear that happening. So this is, I think, the, the, the kind of the shift from like, you know, the kind of the, the bruiser type of, you know, wrestler that you have in New Japan to more like the, what I call the Ikeme. Pretty. The pretty boy, the Ikeman, yeah, right? The Ikeman. Yeah. So this is like the influence of Dragon Gate <laughs> on all of <laughs> wrestling. Because this is happening all across wrestling. It's more pronounced now. Like New Japan is full of pretty boys. It's it's to market towards women. But I think with Tanahashi, they said we're gonna experiment with this guy to see if we can draw that 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 female fan, you know, that that really, really goes for the pretty boy type of wrestlers and have one who is actually also really amazing wrestler at the same time so it, it's working because i i truly feel that this is the first time we're seeing evidence of that uh on tv uh where am i here sorry uh yes oh, that's an interesting point by the way <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna when i listen to or watch uh old g1 matches or just any match in general i'm gonna kind of use 2004 as kind of like the uh the barometer the point of yeah the point of reference for like like, do I hear females calling for for wrestler A or wrestler B? Or, uh, well, this is 1999. It's a different crowd at that point or something like that, you know? <laughs> I don't recall hearing it any time before 2004. And it's it's mainly for Tanahashi and then I think to some degree for, for Nakamura. Cause like That's he, interesting. He has kind of this appeal to women as well, right? So yeah. uh, back to the match. Uh, Tenzan rallies back with Mongolian chops. He goes for one more, but uh, Sykes Tana out and hits hits him in the breadbasket with a headbutt. And I got to say, that probably felt like really, really bad. <laughs> uh, he follows up with a big Saido suplex. Uh, now we're at the back and forth portion of the match, the crescendo of the match. Uh, Tenzon hits... This is amazing. I love this move. He hits the Tenzon tombstone driver for a two count. Tenzon locks in the anaconda vice so this is the first time he locks in the anaconda yeah. vice in this particular match uh tana rolls into a pin uh for a two count uh tenzan uh releases the hold and then he goes for a moonsault complete with a knee backbreaker setup similar to keiji mudo uh and then he misses that and tana hashi follows up with a shining wizard Fuck! So like they're they're now paying homage 
to the guy who's left the company and became the the president of their rival Austin first like which I think it's hilarious I think this is awesome because yeah. well, both these guys are basically like Tenzan is related more to Chono of course but uh, there is a con- there is a connection in his training with with Mudo but Tanahashi is a student was one of the guys that like that Mudo kind of like you know t- took a big interest in when he was a young boy in the dojo so there's this and they've always had this kind of friendly correlation with one another and like you can always draw the parallel of like Shibata was supposed to be everyone says Nakamura was supposed to be Hashimoto but I think that's bullshit I think Shibata is Hashimoto, Nakamura is Chono, and Tanahashi is Mudo, if you're going to draw the parallel between the different generations of Three Musketeers in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts? Uh, no, I, I agree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> then we go for... Uh, Tanahashi goes for a dragon suplex with a bridge for a two-count. Uh, Tanahashi tries for another dragon suplex, but Tenzan reverses it into an anaconda anaconda buster attempt but tana rolls him into a cradle for a two uh said calling back to those the their previous matches again yes uh, the flash in the evening <laughs> uh tana gets an okana roll and applies the dragon sleeper and then into the skull <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah that oh so yeah it so it, it kind of morphs from a, a really tight looking dragon sleeper and then it's he slips out so this is now it looks like Sonata skull in, so maybe this is yep. this is the match where Sonata's like this. This is what makes me want to become a pro wrestler, and so <laughs> this is an homage to the match that inspired him to become a pro wrestler. I'm speculating at this point, by the way. Don't anyone yeah, say I'm, I'm, WH Park said <laughs> this is the match that inspired Sonata to become a wrestler. I, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm just wildly speculating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny though if if like. Five years from now, Sonata is interviewed, and he's like, "Well, I wanted to become a wrestler because I watched the 2004 G1 Finals, and uh, I saw the EK Min movement, and I wanted to become a pretty boy wrestler and apply Dragon Sleepers poorly." Yes, <laughs> and that's that's my future in wrestling. That's that's my dream interview with with <laughs> Sonata on on Talk Is Jericho. <laughs> that's why i left new japan they wouldn't let me do that move anymore uh, uh tenzon fires back with multiple headbutts to the red basket oh i i would hate to be tenzon's stomach at this point and then another ttd uh another moonsault he hits it for a one a two a three uh, only a two count sorry i psyched everyone out there uh tenzon finally puts on the anaconda vice tana is able to power up then, Power up, yep. yep. Anaconda Buster. Time to get up again, but Anaconda Buster again. Right. And then, why don't you finish off? What happens after this second Anaconda Buster, Joey? Tana tries to fight for a few moments, and he taps. He taps, <laughs> and our match time is 21 minutes and one second. And what are your thoughts on this particular G1 final, Joey? I thought it was a really fun match. Um, I, You know, I watched it years ago but i really haven't put any thought into it and uh when you asked me to come on and and uh we decided on which which year i would do i was like oh well i'll, I'll do 2004 um that seems like a, a a fun uh g1 final and then i realized i had the full show and put it on and it, it really is a, a really fun show if, if there's any way for me to get it out to people i would i would love to but um, don't say uh, that don't say that yeah. 
<laughs> he I'll can't put do, it on a Google Drive he, or something. He, he, no, he like, can't. He can't do any of that for you. Don't don't ask him. We, we're not condoning any nefarious means here on uh, Curl Summer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah, it's um, it, it was it was a really fun final. It's it's not like like we were uh, uh, kind of uh, we're chatting about earlier where it's it's not like your your typecast kind of. Uh, modern day G1 final where they go like 30, 40 minutes and it's this big climactic, like almost King's Road style. Um, it's it's kind of quick and to the point and little callbacks to previous matches in the, in the night and I'm sure in the in their previous match in the tournament. And um, Yeah, um, I do have a question for you because I feel like this was the first uh, G1 tournament that was becoming like readily available to like foreign fans, like through nefarious means to, <laughs> to go back to that. Um, and I'm curious, uh, were you watching this in real time or were you keeping up with new Japan, new Japan at this time and, and following this tournament or do you have any, any recollection or, so this is the period where I'm like deeply like tape trade. Oh yeah. You're, you're, you're yeah. a Noah fan. That's right. I, so I'm, I'm not, I like, I don't, I don't have like, you know, like high speed internet or anything like that at this point in my life. Gotcha. Um, so no, I'm, I'm getting everything like, you know, two, three months later via like tape dealers. Like I, I'll say like, I use Jeff Lynch. If you don't know who Jeff he is, Lynch, yeah. who he is, he was the premier He's... tape dealer, like at the time and yeah. later DVDs when that became more available. Like, I think like maybe Melcher gets a lot of his stuff, used to get a lot of his stuff from him. I'm, I'm going to say, mm-hmm. um, like he was the guy, he had everything. And so he's also the most reliable. He's still around too. He's still around. <laughs> I, I, still I can't believe his, like, uh, I can't believe email he, updates. Yeah. I used to email with that guy, but like, I, I, I can't believe Jeff is still around, but kudos to him. I, like to, to keep doing this. I guess a lot of people want physical copies of these shows and stuff like that, which is, which is fine. That's how I did it. That's nefarious means, I guess, but there was no other way really. I'm yeah. not, I'm not paying. Hey, I, I, I'm not paying a hundred bucks for a VHS copy of this fucking show. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. To, to the people who still enjoy physical media, um, which is a thing in Japan, funny enough, like people still love their physical media over there. I, I just, uh, I just dumped like 40 bucks on, um, uh, some bootleg big Japan wrestling DVDs, uh, from like the early two thousands, uh, from IVP videos like this week and they just came in the mail. So awesome. that's what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> I, I love physical media still. Like, like, I mean, it's easier just to watch it, like get stuff and, and like, download oh, yeah, it for or sure. whatever. But you know, like, and I download things from like that are not available for streaming. There's no way I can watch these. Most of what I watch is through legal means. So don't yeah, yeah, tell me same. about that. Uh, but the thing, the thing is, is that like the thing about physical media is that it's it's always there. Like you, if you catalog it perfectly, you you can watch it. Like I have so many like compilations of like all Japan wrestlers. Like I have everything, pretty much everything. Doctor Death and Steve and Terry Gordy have done as a tag team in all Japan on on That's on, awesome. on, on on ten DVDs. I have. I have a three disc compilation of like every major thing Tully Blanchard ever did and Jim Cocker promotions and, and the Mid-Atlantic region. <laughs> I have shit like this. I have a three disc compilation of fucking Buzz Sawyer because I love <laughs> Buzz Sawyer and his furry fucking boots. Okay. Like, so don't, don't at me at this because that shit is not available. When I bought that, it was not available. It, there was no WWE network. There was like 24. What was that thing before the, the network? 
24-7? Oh, yeah, WWE 24-7. Yeah, not, not their shitty fucking belt, by the way. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, the, the precursor to the network. Yeah, I was a, I subscribed to that, and it was terrible. I hated it. It was, but, it was not good. It was, like, on demand. Yeah. Everything was, like, on a schedule and on demand. It's terrible. Yeah. But anyways, get back to this match. I love this match. I thought it was great. For me, I felt this this match was the foundation or the blueprint of of what we would see from Tanahashi later. It's like the the, the prototype of Big Match Tana, you know, that we would get from 2000, 2011 on. So, like, if you're curious, if you're a fan of Tanahashi now, you but you're not familiar with his work before, this is a really good jumping on point for his career because this is where you see what we would get by, you know, by like six, seven years later in Tanahashi yeah. and that we continue to get to a lesser extent, but he's, he's more banged up. He's older now, but he's still wrestling at a high level as, as you all know, as you saw him last August against Ibushi. Um, yeah, saw him win it. Yeah. And another note is that this is a sec, Tenson's second G1 in a row, of course, in 2003, yep. he had the epic match with Jun Akiyama. And this is kind of the start of his ascension to be kind of su- supplanting Chono as the new Mr. G1 uh, Mr. August in New Japan at that yeah. point. He's not there yet, but like give it a couple more G1s, which I'll be reviewing <laughs> in future episodes, and we'll get to that. Uh, so let's let's move on to the trivia part of this uh, show, Joey. I like to do with all my, my uh, co-hosts. Uh, oh, no. Talk about <laughs> uh, trivia of the time. Uh, the first t- three questions are about pop culture. So uh, number one song, number one album, and number one movie in August of uh, 2004. So what's the number one song? In 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 Japan, no, are no, we no. doing this, that? This is American uh, top one hundred, top Billboard top one hundred. Ooh, top one. Is it uh, in two thousand four? Dang, August fourteenth, fifteenth area region of time. <laughs> I want to say like something Justin Timberlake related or like chingy right there or something like that or right there <laughs> or you know. I, I've never heard of this song. I, I I think I've heard of the artist. I can't remember. Uh it's called Slow Motion. Do you know this song? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna sing it, but yeah, it's it's a very sexual innuendo song. <laughs> uh who's the artist? Oh I now I want to look it up. Okay, I'll I'm, th- I'm not sure. Uh, it's it's juvenile, juvenile. Okay, and featuring Soldier Slim. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't have got that. I, I was I, into like emo pop punk music at that point. Still am, but. <laughs> <laughs> and the number one album, I'll give you a clue. It's a compilation album, which were like huge at this point. <laughs> I gotta look this up. Uh, was it like was it like a now thirty six or something like that? Yeah, not. Uh, <laughs> Now it? 15. Now that's what I call music volume 16. So I'm going to look that up. Now that's do – you, do, you did you ever get these? Um, When I was like, a, like 10 or 11, so probably like the first couple of versions of it. Um, Yeah, it's just a compilation CD okay. of like whatever's hot like at the last six months or whatever. All right, let, let's take a look what, what's on. Now that's what I call music 16. Okay, so uh, My Band by D12. Hey Ya by Outkast. I know that song. Naughty Girl yeah. by Beyonce. Move Your Body by Nina Sky. Don't know. Uh, Dip, <laughs> Dip It Low by Christina Milan. I think I know that song a little. It's uh, a catchy song. Uh, hey Mama by the Black Eyed Peas. I know that. Uh, Dude by uh, Beanie Man. 
uh, Freak a Leak by PD Pablo. <laughs> Dude, this is like my eighth grade social. <laughs> uh, the, the aforementioned slow motion featuring uh, by Juvenile featuring Soldier Slim. Uh, Leave Get Out by Jojo. Uh, oh, that's not not one. not Jojo Remy. Yeah, no, no, no. Shout out to Sean Sloan. He's a big fan of JoJo still. <laughs> there you go, Sean Sloan. This one's for you. Go fire it up on your MP3 <laughs> on your iTunes, buddy. Uh, one call away uh, by Chingy featuring J. Yeah, St. Louis uh, represent. Uh, Every time by Christine uh, by Britney Spears. Uh, Take my breath away by Jessica. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> ah, here's here's definitely a karaoke song. The reason by Hoobastank. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, this is. This is my wheelhouse for like, uh, I was going into like freshman year of high school, so this is like uh, bringing back some memories, man. <laughs> okay, we, we got we got tw- five more, uh, six more songs. Where are we running? By Lenny Kravitz, uh, Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card, Just Like You by Three Days Grace. Did, were they one of those like shout ballad type rock bands? Um, yes, yeah, like just dirt rock basically. <laughs> Uh, Meant to Live by Switchfoot, uh, Heaven, Lost Lonely Boys, oh, I remember them, uh, Redneck Woman by Gretchen Wilson. I'm going to assume that this is a country song. Yeah, that's, that'd be my best guess, too. <laughs> okay, so that that was, now that's what I call Music 16. For any of you who are like wondering, should I get that? Well, I just read all the songs from it, so decide from that what you will. I, I, I personally will, will pass on that but that's just that's just me anyway so uh, so let's let's talk about the number one movie at the box office um in august of 2004 august of 2004 i'll give you a clue it's a crossover movie it's a versus movie freddy versus jason you know that was the year before damn uh uh, no it's too early for like batman versus superman uh, it's a, it's the Freddy versus Jason of sci-fi monster movies. Hmm, so of sci-fi monster movies. Man, I'm really disappointed in myself. Um, okay, they're sci-fi alien movies. Is it Alien versus Predator? Yes, it's the uh, horrible one of the answers. The horrible fucking Alien versus Predator movie. This movie was fucking. <laughs> garbage i hated this movie so much i was it's one of those movies where like i can watch a bad movie but i'll be like okay that's a bad movie oh well this is one of those movies where i where i watch it and then i was like i don't want my money back for the rental or the ticket i want my time back (laughs) i want the 90 minutes i wasted on this garbage back you can't give it to me the other movie that's like that that i can remember top my head is uh once upon a time in mexico by Robert Rodriguez, starring Johnny Depp. That is a horrible fucking movie, and I was so angry watching it. I was like, halfway through, I went, I, I, I'm not going to leave this theater, but man, I want my time back. And my huh. money back. I want, the, I want the 14 bucks I spent on that fucking ticket back, and I want the two hours back. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I, I know now to uh, never watch either of those, because those are both movies that I've, I've never uh, sat down and taken the time to watch. And if you're a fan of What's a Pine Time in Mexico, and you don't like what I just said, that's too bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to mute you on Twitter if you like try to at me about this whenever this airs. Okay, let's move to the wrestling. Uh, uh, so we talked about uh, the IWGP. Do we? Oh, so who is the IWGP champion at this time? Ooh, in 2004? 
Yeah. So I'll give you a clue. He's not in the tournament. Hmm. Let's see who's in the tournament again. I'll give you another clue, Joey. He's he's the Brock Lesnar of New Japan without being Brock Lesnar. Was it Kaz Fujita? Yes. It was. I that's I was gonna guess that because is it uh later on in this year him and Tanahashi have a, a match in Osaka and I thought he beat now that must have been later. My timeline's all screwed up. I like I have no like through line with this point in time in history in New Japan. <laughs> well, okay, so Tenzon I should have said this before, but Tenzon gets you know, winning for winning the tournament, he gets his title shot on December twelfth, two thousand four, but he doesn't beat Fujita, he beats Kensuke for the title. I think that's the match where Kensuke beats Fujita with the sleeper or something, or he pins him while he's in the sleeper, and they just kind of like flash pin him, and then Kensuke grabs the belt. He's just disgusted with the whole affair. I think they double cross Fujita or something. Yeah. Uh, but this is he's still champion in August of two thousand and four. Uh, who are the IWGP Tag Team Champions? <laughs> No idea. <laughs> so they're kind of sort of part of a, a similar movement as Fujita. Is it D, DT? Is it a DTU members or am I? I, close? I don't know who they're if they're members of that, but they're like so. One guy's come back to wrestling. He's a big name now. One guy, unfortunately, is is has been has been injured. He can't wrestle anymore. Hmm. I want to say Shibata <laughs> and somebody. No, so it's Minoru Suzuki and Yoshihiro Takayama. Oh, okay. Team champions at this point. Uh, let's move to Dragon Gate. Who is the Open the Dream Gate champion? Is it Magnum Tokyo? No, because to- Magnum never won that. Was belt. he gone by then? I think he was gone. By um, then, yeah. Was it Mochizuki? No. No. Shima? <laughs> it, it's it's Shima. You're either going to think it's Mochizuki, Shima, or who else would be at the, in 2004? Like, oh. Maybe Ryo Saito? Was he... No, I think he's later. He's kind of later. No. Like, like, four years later, he becomes the top guy, but... Because Yoshino it, was still, like... Blood... Like, Jungle Boy Yoshino at that no, no, point. No, 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 he's, he's Blood Generation Yoshino. He's Muscle Boy, Muscle Outlaw Yoshino at this point. So, okay. So it's either Shima, it's either Shima, Mochizuki, or <laughs> or or, or Thunder Liger. I think he wins the belt at some point in this period, and then with and Don Fuji is like a guy that they put the belt on sometimes. Yeah. Um, let's move. I to, guess maybe Yokozuka could have been champion at that point. I think he's still like underneath Mochizuki. Uh huh. Yeah, I think he's like he gets elevated along the same time as like like Saito. And, I gotcha. Uh, and like and that's like 2006, 2005, 2006. Yeah, we, we need Iron Mike Spears to come on here and, and let us. Yeah, know right. That, uh, just, let, people let, are just going to be like cursing me. <laughs> oh, and me, me too. You should know this. This is this is a New Japan fucking show. Fuck off. Anyways, I, I'm uh, terrible at being put on the spot. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, let's move on to <laughs> to the WWF. Who is the WWF champion? Not the World Heavyweight Champion on Raw, but on SmackDown, the WWF champion. In 2004. Uh, Let's see. Would it have been 
Bradshaw? Yes, it's John Bradshaw Layfield. He's doing his J.R. Ewing gimmick at this J- point. Yeah, JBL. JBL. He just started it. Yeah, he just started. Uh, who is the WWF World Heavyweight Champion with the the big gold belt? Um, if this was before SummerSlam, actually, this this is the same day as SummerSlam. In, in oh well, then then uh, well, since it's in Japan. If we're going Japan time, it would have been Chris Benoit. If we're going end of the end of the day, it would have been uh, of Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah, so I, I listed Randy Orton. He okay. I'm talking about the guy who won the belt on this day. So Randy Orton, he he defeated gotcha. Chris Benoit at SummerSlam 2004 in Toronto at a show. Toronto, yeah, at a show I was at with my good friend Mike Murray who will be appearing on a future episode of this show. So wait, so you, you were there for Eugene versus Triple H? <laughs> yes, I was there. I was there. I was there. Okay. So you know who JBL faces on on SummerSlam? Is it Taker when he gets uh, choke slammed through the limo or whatever? Okay. So yes, I remember told you the story about this guy who did a run in during that show. <laughs> No. Okay, so I'm sitting on the same side as where the limo is parked, okay, of the Air Canada Center. And okay. my, my friend Mike, we're, we're at the show together. He goes, I'm going to go get a beer. Okay, so he's off to get a beer. So there's an empty seat next to me. So this guy comes down. He sits in Mike's chair, and I'm like, whoa, dude. Like, my friend's sitting in that chair. He's going to come back to me. He just went to get a beer. He goes, oh, yeah, don't worry. Don't worry, man. I'm not staying long. I'm going to be doing a run-in. I'm like, huh? What do you mean? He's like, just you watch. I'm going to be doing a running, man. And I might be embellishing this because like, it's been like over 10 years. But essentially, yeah. he's telling me he's going to do a run-in. And I, I don't know what the hell he's talking about because he does not look like a wrestler. Okay? Far <laughs> far from. Okay? But okay. Okay. Like, And then he leaves, right? He's going, he keeps, he's going, keeps going down each level, getting closer to the ring. And, and, and then Mike comes back. And then Mike says uh hey what's going on like yeah that guy's gonna do a run-in he's like what does he mean but what does he mean by that i go i don't know and then okay so the the undertaker match is happening during that match it was just boring by the way it's god-awful boring the crowd starts firing up on my end because this guy the same guy who sat next to me told me he's gonna run in jumps the guardrail and he's running around the production area and the oh security, my God. the security area, the security guards are trying to catch him, and then he jumps up on the limo, which keep in mind is gimmicked. The roof of this limo is gimmicked, yeah, and he starts jumping up and down on the roof of this limo. He almost falls through completely and breaks it. I think his foot slipped, and he almost ruined the whole gimmick. Oh my God. Me and Mike, we are howling. This is the most entertaining thing to happen during this match. <laughs> We're like, I'm like, break that fucking roof, dude. Break it. Break it. You know, like, I am not for fans jumping the guardrail at all. But man, if he's just destroying a prop, I don't care. If he's destroying a, a fucking limo belonging to JBL, I don't, I don't care doubly. So, you know, like, break it. Like, because then, like, I'm thinking, okay, Taker's going to. So everyone on our side, we know this, the roof is gimmicked. Yeah. We know that's what's going to end the match. Like, that Taker's going to 
chokeslam him through the roof. We already know this. Since you don't get a hint of that during the match, but we know because we see this guy almost fall through the fucking thing. So that's my <laughs> little story about SummerSlam 2004. Featuring that's incredible. John Bradshaw Layfield and The Undertaker in their very, very boring well, world title. Well, now I want to go back and uh, and watch that show and see if there's any any like cuts to the crowd or anything that like you'll see like kind of... the section i'm at like at some point like liven up because we're watching this guy get chased by i don't know security and maybe fucking pat patterson or something I that's hilarious i can't remember final story uh final question who are the wwf world tag team champions the wwf uh was it la resistance or something like that you are correct sir Wow, really? And who who consists of La Resistance at this point? Uh, is it Rob Conway and yes, uh, Sylvain Grenier? Yes, I think it's Sylvia. Yes. Sylvia Grenier. So you you are doing very, you did very well on the uh, the WWF part. Just funny it shows you where my shows you where my mind was in two thousand four as a as a fourteen year old pent-up pubescent little idiot <laughs> so i i actually like the original version with grenier and uh and renee dupree yeah because that actually made sense rob conway being in this made no sense outside of just to like get him on tv and and, and fill in this this gimmick of la resistance but he was totally american he didn't pretend to be french he didn't become no. Robert Conway, you know. Well, so, wasn't he? Wasn't the introduction like he was uh, uh, like their dirty ref or whatever for for them? And then something happened where like uh, Dupree got like drafted to Raw or whatever, and then or or to SmackDown, whichever. And then like he stepped in, like Conway stepped in as the the tag partner to Grenier or, I, or something like my that. My guess or, is that Grant, like Dupree like got fired for something. Uh, <laughs> And then that's when, like, soon after he starts showing up in in all Japan is like in Voodoo Murders. Oh, okay. I think he was Zodiac in in Voodoo Murders. It's I think his first gimmick in 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 all Japan was was like some bullshit called Zodiac or something. <laughs> not not the not the Ed Leslie gimmick in in WCW. Yeah. <laughs> some different gimmick that you know using the same name like like Voodoo Murders. One of my least favorite factions in all of wrestling. You know, in, in particular, and one of my least favorite gimmicks in all Japan at that time. I liked roughly obsess and destroy Taka's group. Yeah, like, that was awesome, especially when it was him. It was him. I think D'Lo was still there, but the version that had him, uh, uh, Jamal Umaga and Taiokea, and then like you had like I guess Bo Buchanan was there, and like D'Lo. That that's my favorite version of that group. Nothing with like fucking Rico Constantino. That 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 was garbage. Um, and some of these other guys who are like from the WWF that were like, you know, Taka's gimmick in all Japan at that time was like, I'm going to get all the guys who have been fired, who've been featured. Except, yeah, like Tom, Tomko and Rosie and just all the ex WWE guys. Or was, was Rosie actually a, a voodoo murders guy? No, I think he was, he was a R-O-N-D guy. Okay. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Some guys would, would, would go to like, like, yeah. like fucking Viscera joined. Uh, what was his name? V <laughs> Big Daddy V? No, no. Uh, he wasn't Viscera. He wasn't Big Daddy V. He had a different name in 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 Voodoo Murders when he was in All Japan. But basically, this is basically what you know, like All Japan at the time was the was the Japanese version of TNA. 
If you were XWB, you would come to All Japan. Yeah. And like, yeah, it was uh, push says pretty rough to get into. Yeah, it's, push says like this faction. There's some good stuff there. There, there's some good stuff in All Japan at the time, but you had to deal with this like faction warfare between Fudu Murders and roughly Rond. But I, I yeah. really liked. There's one version of Rond that I just mentioned: the Kea, Umaga, Buchanan, Dilo, and Taka led faction. I would, I would love to see Taka kind of revamp that, but with better workers, you know, in, in, yeah. in, in New Japan. Like I, I, I like to see Suzuki Gun just dissolve at some point, Joey. I'm just tired of it. Yeah, I was. I think we were talking recently uh, about hopefully they just do like a reshuffle of like the entire roster and they just like kind of scrap like at least two of the factions because it's just kind of bloated and redundant at this point. It's like do something else. <laughs> I want to see more tag teams, you know. Yeah. Then then factions. That's what I, I would like to see. More people fighting regularly with each other and, and, and establish regular tag teams that don't tag with any other people. They just only tag with each other. You know, like, For sure. Like what we see in American wrestling, that's I, I do tend to prefer American style tag team booking and, 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 and matches a little bit more than Japanese ones. Not to say that I don't like Japanese tag team wrestling. There's a lot great of lots of great examples of it. Oh yeah, but, for sure. But just for my my taste, because I grew up in the era of like the Heart Foundation and the Brainbusters and the Midnight Express and all that stuff. So like I kind of prefer that style of tag team wrestling a little bit more. But we're getting <laughs> going on. I always do this with my shows, sir. They're all in these tangents, which I, it's I, it's the tri- it's the trivia. It gets you, man. <laughs> it really does. It really does get you on the tangents. But uh, we're at the end of the show, Joey. Thank you so much for taking the time out to appear on on episode uh, fourteen of cruel summer uh do you have anything to plug um no uh i don't i, I mean follow me on uh twitter or instagram my instagram is uh bowie underscore j and uh, my twitter is uh, joey underscore bay um i pretty much just post about wrestling and cats and uh just various stupid stuff so um if you like a light-hearted kind of uh sense of humor then yes. uh give me a follow yeah. but yeah um i love your twitter <laughs> thanks man it's so, I, I try to keep it try to keep it positive it's such a contrast to mine which is just, <laughs> you know it's the, we're the the yin and yang of wrestling fandom that's right this is shit i hate this oh this is good this is good i hate this i hate this this is garbage yours is oh i like this hey everyone go see this show it's, it looks like a good card I'm like, you know, like yours is like 90% positive. Mine's like, you know, I'm going to say, to be fair, mine's like 60% positive. But the, yeah, 40, man. the 40, the Give 40, yourself some credit. The 40% that's like shit talking is like gets more notice for people. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the problem is you're, you're good at shit talking. Oh. So it's like, it's, it's fun to watch and then it's fun to see people react accordingly. Nice. But, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had a blast being on here. Usually I'm like really nervous and tongue tied. Uh, I think I only got tongue tied a couple of times. So yeah, it's, it's uh, been, been fun and hopefully I'll, I'll be back on, uh, in another, uh, 10 years or so. I think no, not well, to you're give gonna, it away. You're going to, you're going to be on <laughs> well in, in G1 terms. Yes. You're going to be, you're going to be a guest in a future episode. I'm not going to say which one will keep that surprise, but uh, I want to thank all the listeners for checking us out. Uh, of course you can follow me at, 
uh, Twitter uh, at WHPark9, the number nine. And you can follow me along with John Pollock on the Post Perez show, which you can hear every month at postwrestling.com, of course. And uh, yeah, so thanks for keep sticking with us through all these meanderings into American wrestling, <laughs> SummerSlam 2004, nearly broken limo gimmicks. Uh, and I'll see everyone on the next episode. Bye.